Cultures of Curriculum Preface We originally wrote Cultures of Curriculum to conceptualize curriculum as culture by taking into account the histories, norms, beliefs, values, roles, patterns of behavior, and environments of educational practice. We affirmed Maxine Green's proposition that studying curriculum as culture makes it possible for educators to view curriculum holistically, to contemplate the totality of the educational experience, and to interrogate the commonplace. Moreover, we wish to portray curricular orientations which, unlike conventional curricula, demonstrate congruent philosophy-centered practices. These archetypes, replete with examples of practice, depict models for educators who want to profoundly change curriculum in their classrooms and schools. We describe each of the curricular cultures by consistently using a heuristic, visions, assumptions about learners, teachers, content, milieu, planning, assessment, curriculum evaluation, dilemmas of practice, and critique of the orientation and its aims. As we wrote about curricular cultures, we drew from powerful ideas within the field of curriculum theory. In developing the book, it became clear to us that we could not present our models without first explaining the concepts that extend and deepen our understanding of curriculum, pedagogy, and schooling. Therefore, we began our text with explanations of theories for interpreting and analyzing curriculum. We believe that with such knowledge, curriculum workers can go beyond discussions of specific programs, outcomes, and effectives, so to engage in curriculum inquiry, to interrogate the purposes of education and their roles as educators by, quote, investigating everyday phenomena, problematizing, and questioning the commonplace, end quote. As before, our purpose in the second edition is to expand critical consciousness about approaches to curriculum and practice. Using cultures of curriculum as a platform for inquiry, we encourage readers to consider if their curriculum work reflects a melange of unarticulated methods and purposes, a struggle to maintain a coherent vision amidst many competing pressures, or an overarching aim enacted daily and embodied within a congruous set of practices. We have developed a framework of inquiry that accomplishes these specific goals to acquaint our readers with patterns of curriculum thinking that have influenced the development of the concept of cultures of curriculum, elucidate the concept of curriculum as culture, a revealing system of implicit and explicit beliefs, values, behaviors, and customs in classrooms and schools which are deliberated within communities and other public spheres. Give historical insight about shifting educational and social priorities that have influenced the course of curriculum in United States schooling. Integrate moral and political discourse into recognition and discussion of curriculum. Encourage metaphoric thinking that enables new ways to perceive commonplace assumptions and embedded belief systems. Deepen awareness of dilemmas of practice inherent in curriculum work. Hold each culture of curriculum up to critical inquiry of its assumptions purposes, and aims. It has been more than a decade since the publication of the first edition of Cultures of Curriculum. Over time, it has become a resource for teachers and administrators, including some engaged in school reform efforts. And although our examples predominantly focus on K-12 curriculum, adult educators have employed the concept of curricular culture and its heuristic to analyze higher education curriculum. Also, despite its focus on education in the United States, our book has been adopted for curriculum studies classes in Canada and Europe. References to curricular structures have appeared in international scholarship, 
and an edition of Cultures of Curriculum has been published in China. We have learned that readers appreciate our emphasis on visions to guide curriculum work, and some have shared with us how this text helped them to conceive or reimagine themselves teaching with purpose and integrity. This sense of transformation is conveyed in a published case study of middle school teachers whose use of the construct of curricular cultures guided their curriculum development work and led to, quote, a different way of thinking about curriculum. This way of thinking reshapes both the what and the how of curriculum. Using the curriculum as culture model, teachers involved in this curricular project felt the freedom to have students create rather than merely display knowledge. They found ways to satisfy state curricular objectives as minimal accomplishment, with student-created understandings far surpassing that level as the norm, end quote. Eventually, it became apparent that we needed to update and expand cultures of curriculum in view of developments in the United States educational scene. The pervasive high-stakes testing and standardized curriculum milieu influenced by the No Child Left Behind legislation. Regardless of our grave concerns about the direction of curriculum based on Goals 2000 and the influence of business on education expressed in the first edition, we need to attend to the state of curriculum in following years in a time that William Pinar characterizes as the nightmare of miseducation. Teaching children to be successful test takers has increasingly become a dominant goal in public schools. Far superseding aspirations for students to become creative lifelong learners or educated citizens who can participate in a democracy. So, too, in this test-frenzied climate, it has become even harder for teachers to create curricula that encourage students to question and work against the societal norms of competition, warfare, and environmental degradation. Correspondingly, schools of education are under pressure from state and national directives to focus exclusively on the attainment of standards to the neglect of curriculum studies courses. New and experienced teachers learn about instruction to increase student achievement, but are less likely to be encouraged to reflect critically on the political and ethical purposes of schooling, to enact culturally relevant curriculum that deals with diversity in significant ways, or to become activists concerned with ingrained practice and systems. Therefore, in response to the ubiquity of the standardized management paradigm with its limited top-down view of curriculum, it has become even more imperative for curriculum workers to learn about alternatives that confront dominant worldviews and traditional curricula. For the above reasons, the second edition of Cultures of Curriculum contains a number of new and revised chapters now organized into two parts. As before, we begin by introducing readers to curriculum studies with two chapters, Conceptualizing Curriculum and Understanding Curriculum as Culture, that explore the powerful concepts and patterns that help us to imaginatively understand curriculum as a dynamic process. We have made several additions to conceptualizing curriculum, including sections on paradigms, adult education, and African-American curricular orientations. The first part, Curriculum Studies, also focuses on curriculum transformation. We have added an additional chapter, Narrowing the Curriculum, that reviews how curriculum has been shaped by high-stakes testing, standardization, and business influences on schooling to make the case for why curriculum must be recultured. We also expanded the chapter, Reculturing Curriculum, to attend more to transformative curriculum and curriculum leadership. The decision to place this chapter in the first part, rather than as the final chapter of the book, was in response to readers' recommendations that we explain more of our ideas about curricular cultures before describing them. The second part, Curricular Cultures, presents eight curricular orientations. However, in the second edition, all of these curricular cultures chapters now consist 
only of philosophies that are alternatives to mainstream curriculum. It is our hope that these eight orientations will provide inspiration and ideas for curriculum transformation, as well as affirming practices of progressive educators. As the narrow goal of curriculum to create employees is anathema to our beliefs that educators should create meaningful, ethical, and life-affirming curriculum, a new curricular culture chapter based on John Dewey's conception of educating through occupations has replaced training for work and survival. Its authors write about curriculum that reflects young people's interest in real-life occupations, integrated with rigorous knowledge of academic disciplines, as well as critical exploration of the meaning of work. Components of Nancy Green's chapter from the first edition on work preparation and life skills are incorporated into this chapter and into descriptions of the dominant order within the chapter, Narrowing Curriculum. Another new curricular culture chapter, Sustaining Indigenous Traditions by Terajine Yazzie Mintz, envisions culturally responsive curriculum by depicting indigenous education as an integrated holistic curriculum of language, culture, history, sciences, and arts. This curricular culture illustrates learning for deep cultural knowledge, a vast contrast to the fragmented curriculum in much of mainstream U.S. curriculum. Yazzie Mintz shows the way for educators interested in teaching culturally responsive curriculum to mitigate Eurocentric models and for those who want to develop indigenous curriculum in a variety of classrooms, including public, magnet, and tribal schools. In the third new curricular culture chapter, Envisioning Peace, Pamela Joseph writes about the curricula of peace studies, conflict resolution education, global education, human rights education, and environmental education. In totality, these orientations call for educators to have a deep understanding of education for the well-being of humanity and the restoration of the earth. Joseph explains a discourse of nonviolence as a way to envision nurturing non-competitive classrooms and to imagine a world of peace. This chapter ends the book on a note of hope and provides another curricular alternative for curriculum workers who truly wish to teach against the grain. Another change in the second edition is the reordering of the curricular culture chapters. These chapters now begin with constructing understanding, as all the curricular cultures that we discuss highlight in some way elements of constructivism, the centrality of the learner, engagement, complex curricular content, and curriculum meaningful to students' experiences. As well, there are some changes to several other original chapters to update with examples from more recent scholarship. Finally, as our multiple authorship editorship became too unwieldy, there is a single editor for the second edition. Still, there is much we in this book, as contributors continue to make collaborative decisions and responded to each other's ideas and writing. And as before, this edition encompasses numerous examples and stories shared with us by teachers through their accounts of standardized as well as innovative and transformative curriculum.